again, everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers doing a broadcast of West Lafayette, Indiana. Today, we will discuss the EPA, inclusion, fairness, and federalism. One article, the community at Stanford. The goals are not what they say they are, but the agenda always is. Saturday has started again. So, good afternoon to everybody. Um, this is a, uh, this will be a rather quick broadcast, I hope. But uh, So, I picked up an article that I found off of uh, TechCrunch. It was published uh, uh, March 19th. It's called Deep Science AI is in the Air, Water, Soil, and Steel. And it linked out to uh, a, a, a particular article called Algorithmic Approaches for Assessing Pollution Reduction Policies can reveal shifts in environmental protection of minority communities, according to Stanford researchers. So this was written by Rob Jordan. Uh, the links will be in the in the podcast. I'm just going to read through this real quick, and then we'll, we'll go into some, uh, and also uh, play a quick video and then go into the analysis. So this was written uh, by Rob Jordan at the Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment. So uh, get ready. The perils of machine learning uh, using computers to identify and analyze data patterns, such as facial recognition software, have made headlines lately. Yet the technology also holds promise to help enforce federal regulations, including those related to the environment in a fair, transparent way, according to a new study by Stanford researchers. The analysis published this week in the Proceedings of the Association of Computer Machine, uh, Computing Machinery Conference on Fairness, Accountability, and Transparency evaluates machine learning techniques designed to support a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency initiative to reduce severe violations of the Clean Water Act. It reveals how two uh, key elements of so-called algorithmic design influence, which communities are targeted for a compliance effort and, consequently, who bears the burden of pollution violations. Such analysis are particularly timely given, uh, given recent executive actions calling for renewed focus on environmental justice. Machine learning is being used to help manage overwhelming number of things that the federal agencies are tasked to do as a way to in help increase efficiency, says study co-principal uh, co investigator Daniel Ho, the William Benjamin Scott and Luna M. Scott Professor of Law at Stanford Law School. Yet, we also show it's simply that designing a machine learning-based system can have an additional benefit. Okay. So, uh, titled Pervasive Noncompliance, the Clean, uh, Clean Water Act 
aims to limit pollution from entities that discharge directly into waterways. But in any given year, nearly 30% of such facilities self-report persistent or severe violations of their permits. In an effort to have this type of non-compliance by 2022, EPA has been exploring the use of machine learning to target compliance resources. To test this approach, EPA reached out to the academic community. Among its chosen partners, Stanford's Regulation, Evaluation, and Governance Lab, or RegLab, an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary team of legal experts, data scientists, social scientists, and engineers that hoe heads. The group has done ongoing work with federal and state agencies to aid in environmental compliance. In the new study, uh, RegLab researchers examined how permits with similar functions such as uh, wastewater treatment plants were classified by each state in ways that would affect their inclusion in the EPA National Compliance Initiative. Using machine learning models, they also sifted through hundreds of millions, of, uh, millions of observations, an impossible task with conventional approaches from an EPA, EPA databases of historical discharge volumes, compliance history, and permit level variables to predict the likelihood of future severe violations in the amount of pollution each facility would likely generate. <clears throat> they then evaluated demographic data, such as household income and minority population, for the areas where each model indicated the riskiest facilities were located. Devil in the details. The team's algorithmic process helped uh, surface two key ways the design of the EPA Compliance Initiative could influence who receives resources. These differences centered on which type of permits were included or excluded, as well as the, how the goal itself was articulated. In the process of figuring out how to, to achieve the compliance goal, the researchers first had to translate the overall objective into a series of concrete instructions, an algorithm needed to fulfill it. As they were assessing which facilities to run predictions on, they noticed an important embedded decision. While the EPA in initiative expands, expands covered permits by at least sevenfold relative to prior evident, efforts, it limits its scope to, quote-unquote, individual permits, which cover a specific discharging entity, such as a single wastewater treatment plant. Left out are the general permits, quote-unquote, <clears throat> intended to cover multiple dischargers engaged in similar activities and within, with similar types of affluent. affluent. A related uh, complication, most permitting and monitoring authority, is vested in state environmental agencies. As a result, functionally, similar uh, facilities may be included or excluded from the federal initiative based on how states implement their pollution, uh, pollution permitting process. Uh, quote, the impact of this environmental federalism makes partnership with states critical to achieve the, these larger goals in an equitable way says co-author Reed Whitaker, a Reg, Reg Lab affiliate and 2020 graduate of Stanford Law, now pursuing a Ph.D. in jurisprudence and social policy program at the University of California, Berkeley. Second, the, cur the current EPA initiative focuses on redu reducing rates of noncompliance. While, while there are good reasons for this policy goal, the researchers' algorithmic design process may 
uh, design process made clear that favoring this over pollution discharges that exceeded the permitted limit, limit would have a powerful unintended effect. Namely, it would shift enforcement resources away from the most severe violators, which are more likely to be in densely populated minority communities, and towards smaller facilities in a more rural, predominantly white communities, according to the researchers. <clears throat> Breaking down the big, big idea of compliance initiatives into smaller chunks that a commu computer can understand forced a conversation about making implicit decisions explicit. Get that? Said uh, study lead author Eleanor Banami, a faculty affiliate at RegLab and assistant professor of agriculture and applied economics at Virginia Tech. Careful algorithmic design can help regulators transparently identify how objectives translate to implementation while using these techniques to address persistent capacity restraints. Uh, and that's the end of the article. So it's it's quite interesting. You're designing an AI system, but at some point the the uh, the money shot was at the bottom here. Uh, a conversation about making implicit decisions explicit. So you're already tampering with the very thing that you say you're doing. That's just one thing in this article. Another thing uh, that stuck out obviously was the fact that uh, they were worried about, namely, sh namely it would shift enforcement resources away from the most severe violators, which are more likely to be in densely populated minority uh, communities and towards smaller facilities and more rural, predominantly white communities. So uh, this this particular outfit, uh, <clears throat> this uh, um, um, society that was involved in this, that's why I'll call it, or association, it's called the Association of Computing Machinery Conference on Fairness, Accountability, and Transparency. So if you go to their website and they have these organized, they have uh, every year they they have uh, last four, they've they've been around for four years, or at least they have four years worth of conferences. But they have a organization. They have the committees. They under the organization tab, they have people and committees, governing governing documents, and then third thing down is anti discrimination and harassment policy, then sponsorship policy. These uh, these are very touchy feely uh, individuals. So they under the organizing committees, they do have a they have a diversity inclusion chairs. So they have uh, you know two of those on the in their little thing uh, as, as far as a association. But if you go through, they have a list of names. So uh, some of the things that stuck out were they have uh, Google's involved with this. So is uh, Microsoft Research and Data Society Research Institute. Um, and they have most of the Stanford, obviously. They have most of the West Coast uh, affiliations. But they got them around the world. They got IBM's involved in this. Um, yeah, Cal Berkeley, Oregon State, you know, uh, typical places. But I just found it interesting in looking at. And so, if you look at the the map here, they have a map here of all the the wastewater uh, treatment. So the individual permitting and and whatnot. Uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, that that is a map where, um, for the vast majority, of the the. What, what what they call those permits? So you have your individual permits, and then you have your group or general permits, as they call them. 
So the general permits predominantly are based in uh, Louisiana, West Virginia, um, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and there's a few. And I mean, they're they're all over. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying predominantly. And the western side of North Carolina, and it's about fifty fifty in Colorado, and there's some in Illinois. I'm just looking. It's a, they got a little heat map that they put together, but predominantly it's in uh, Republican areas, uh, the group permits. And and when they mentioned federalism there, that should clue you in that they're trying. And they so you have federalism. They want to do something equitable, so they're 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 just pushing their agenda. Their agenda is leading the the situation. So the agenda is about the more equitable treatment of water. In regards to whether you're whether you're black or white, whether you're in a minority community or whether you're in a white community, and of course they're going to get they're going to completely screw that up. Plus, the, on top of that, they're not looking, and then they don't want to overly enforce the communities that are most polluting. Even though they'll they'll, they'll say that that they don't want to they they say it one way, but in reality, they're going to try. They are going to shift their. Uh, uh, enforcement policies towards uh, uh, the the rural areas because they never want to address the actual problem. They never do. They may say they do, but it's coming out of California. And look at how how messed up California is. You know, need I say more? I mean, nobody nobody goes to California and says, "Oh, they run run the state really well." So that's another reason. Thing another thing too. So you have this uh, this constant cro- encroachment of federalism of. Uh, Destroying state rights to, uh, so, you know, as they say, they, they put it in linguistic terms as uh, we need to uh, come up with a way to, yeah, what, what did the guy say? Uh, read, the impact of this environmental federalism makes partnership with states critical to achieve the, these larger goals in an equitable way. I mean, that's just a nice way of saying, okay. We're going to, we want all the states to get on board with this. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll use federal funds and they'll use federal. Uh, so, for example, they'll, they'll say, well, if you don't sign on to this, you can't get any federal funding for the, your uh, regulation, your state regulations uh, in the rural area. So if you're in West Virginia, they'll suddenly, they'll yank their uh, federal um, funding for water uh, resources. Uh, water pollution or pollution resources and they'll they'll blackmail them into they'll blackmail them into compliance uh if you're a smart state or a smart governor you make sure your finances are in good check and you just say uh, thanks but no thanks we don't need your we don't need your environmental money in order to get what to obtain the achieve the goals that you're looking for which are usually uh lopsided and as soon as you're assigned on to that pact like they're trying to do with HR one with the voting. If you do this with the environmental, they'll do the same thing to you, um, which is not unusual. Uh, they 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 think they have people over a barrel, so they go ahead and do it that way. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and play part of this video. It should be it's a two minute long video, but I have to see if I got it queued up right. Uh, let's see here. back to a broader perspective and the scope of things that regulators are facing, they have this big policy objective that they're then trying to translate into how you then implement it on the ground. There's a ton of different decisions that are then embedded in this larger policy objective. 
in the process of breaking down policy objectives into what it means for like day-to-day -day implementation, algorithmic design can give us a chance to observe and reflect on how implementation details can affect who gains access to resources and if that aligns with the other types of public goals we have. So the research consisted of two different objectives for the algorithm. One focused on whether facilities were vi uh, would violate the Clean Water Act. The other focused on how much each facility pollutes above the permitted limit. We see that focusing in on pollution amounts would end up directing more compliance resources towards minority areas and dense urban areas. What we're really aiming to show is how algorithmic design can help regulators identify opportunities to mitigate disparate impact as they also seek to enhance the efficiency of the limited resources that are available to them. So you see she just avoided the problem there that the most polluting areas are in the inner cities which are run by predominantly democratic politicians who are making these decisions at the EPA level now uh, because they have con control of Congress and the and they even referenced in the, the their particular article that uh, the executive order, uh, for example, was uh, released by the White House. This was from uh, January 27th, executive order on tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad. So, and then they, you know, they, so there's a policy initiative that they have in here. And this is long. I'm not going to read this. This is just ridiculous. But um, it's it just another thing. But I will read this one segment. I didn't read this yet. I will host an early leaders climate su uh, summit and raise climate ambition and make a positive contribution to the 26th UN United Nations Climate Change Conference of the Parties, or COP, COP26 and beyond. So it's all about getting on the New World Order, United Nations-driven uh, process, Agenda 2030, uh, or UN 2050, or China 2049. It's all kind of conglomerated together. The, the, it's all communistic. Uh, they'll say, they, they, they guise it in linguistic tricks, but the reality is, is it's all about getting all of us down to the same level. And these are your technocrats. These people here are your technocrats. They get hired, they, they, they call it an interdisciplinary team, but I bet you it, it's, it seems like it's heavy on lawyers and light on scientists. They'll have one or two scientists that are trying to make an algorithm. They don't actually go out to the field and look at any of this, their, uh, their analysis or conclusions that their algorithm generated. They talk about all this data they collected from the EPA. Well, how, how, how uh, I, I guarantee they're, they're not exactly going through data that's actually uh, been uh, quote-unquote uh, vetted and verified though they'll say that it is they'll say they cleaned it up they say that they'll say they cleaned it up to the the right amount of data even though uh and and things change on the ground significantly from year to year they probably don't even they probably don't include in there uh certain events that took place that may have caused pollution problems in a local area that may have caused the violations you know what if a natural occurring event like a tornado rolled through town uh, caused uh, some offlining of, of resources and it caused an uh, unfortunate discharge that caused a violation? I don't know. I'm just I'm making a hypothetical there. But those events occur and they occur around the country and they occur predominantly in the Midwest. 
and then the inner cities, of course, like I said, if you have horrible water pollution policies inside the inner city, uh, why don't you just, uh, why, why would they focus on the, they, they use the EPA to try to focus on the entire country, country. And the EPA has layers and layers of bureaucracy and layers and layers of regulation that Trump had just re recently deregulated. As a matter of fact, that was one of the biggest problems, the EPA, uh, one of the biggest, uh, uh, reing points, I call it, uh, the leftist re, uh, they, they couldn't stand that he deregulated those, uh, environmental policies so now they bring it back and now they want a more equitable they keep on using that word that means something to them and it means they want to they don't care they don't want equal access they want everybody to have uh exactly the same amount no matter where they're at uh trying to of course the funny thing is that only apply to um apply to the areas that they can achieve that goal then the people that will inherently abide by that goal They'll, 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 they'll throw the, the farmers in, they'll throw the baby out with the bathwater. They'll start, they'll probably start attacking farmers. They'll say, well, you're using your, your runoff as an issue here and we need to do something about it. And I'm not going to pretend to be a water treatment expert or, uh, environmental as far as when it comes to water. I'm not trying to pretend that. I'm just saying it's probably a much more complex scenario than, than what they want to assess it as. The best thing the states can do, each individual state should continue to make their own individual policies and avoid all that federal money. Because all that is, is and by the way, the, the federal money, I mean, we're $28 trillion in debt. I mean, how much money can there really be? They, they throw money overseas to everybody else, but they don't even want to invest in infrastructure in this country. In the Democrat cities, it, it, you know, we just went through a summer of them uh, – uh, it approximately two to three billion dollars worth of damage done to the cities due to riots and protests and burning down businesses and tearing apart uh, disaster capitalism, shutting down businesses over COVID, and then having to shut them down over riots because you didn't know whether you're going to have a, a business standing in the morning. And now they want to come back in. They just signed a one point nine trillion dollar bill, and they're going to most of that money is going to go to the big cities. And they're going to take that money, they're going to blow it, they're going to th throw it away on bullshit, and then they're going to have these guys come in behind and they're going to say, well, we, we, need, to, we need to do this policy. And then they'll change their mind They'll say, yeah, but that's too, too unfair to people who live in certain communities based upon, their, based upon the most stupid thing, which is basing uh, policy based upon color of skin, gender, and what have you. I mean, there are certain, there are certain things like in health, for example, there's a distinct difference between health of women and health, health of men. Two biologies, two different, they operate a little bit differently hormonally. Of course, you should treat them in a different manner. Uh, but when you're talking about men and when, when you're talking about just people in general, when it comes to water and housing and shelter, shouldn't we just, shouldn't we allow the states to do their best job uh, the EPA has been a failure. I think it was launched in like 1970 or 71, if I'm not mistaken. And I, <laughs> anything that comes out of California, which is where they, te that's like the testing ground for all these cockamamie ideas, uh, turn into horrible results. Um, I don't want to get off in, on, a, in on a further rant here. I did look at their, um, so they had these uh, accepted papers 
uh, for 2021, this particular website. So here's a list of some of their accepted papers or tentatively accepted. So they have a thing called algorithmic fairness in predicting opioid use disorder using machine learning. The next title, The Whole Thing Smacks of Gender, Algorithmic Inclusion, Exclusion in uh, Bio-Impediments-Based Body Composition Analysis. So something to do with uh, fat, uh, body composition, so fatness probably, uh, in terms of algorithmic exclusion. Uh, mitigating Bias in a, a Set Selection with Noisy, per, uh, protected, uh, noisy Protected Attributes. So uh, let's see here. Removing spurious features can hurt accuracy and affect groups disproportionately. Okay. Let's see, going down here. I'm just going through the titles of their Allocating Opportunities in a Dynamic Model of Intergenerational Mobility. Fairness and Risk Assessment Instruments. Post-processing to achieve counterfactual equalized odds. So, you can tell the linguistic garbage that they put together. Uh, I'm sh- I, counterfactual, okay. Factual, count- uh, maybe we should stick with facts instead of going to some counterfactual. So, and better together, quote unquote. How externalities of size complicates notions of solidarity and actual actuarial fairness. Um, just going through these, this is just a list of the ones they had so far this year. Uh, but everything's based in. When anytime someone brings up fairness, just think communism, because that's all it boils down to in the end. Uh, you know, everybody wants. I want my fair share. It's like, well, you know, life isn't fair. It never was fair. Uh, there's a lot of people out here that have done a great deal with very little, and then there's been people who've been blessed with a great, uh, great deal, uh, been blessed with a great deal, and done nothing with it. So, uh, if you think think there's a and then and then there's people who get into college and go through uh, six or eight years of college on a free ride based upon their ability to parrot back to- talking points and get high scores and or get good grades and they get accepted to Harvard or whatever and they get their social justice diversity higher and they get get a make uh, what do you call it, a make work job so they get a position as a associate director or blah 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 or or uh, committee chair for uh, equity and inclusion in, at, at you know whatever university uh, it is or policy a think tank think tanks are filled with people who their 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 biggest achievement is writing papers that's what they're jo- got they they don't go out and have to they don't actually even get their hands dirty they never go out they gather data from all these different areas but they don't actually take the data afterwards or collect data and then go out and actually uh, examine the, the the sites or the fields or if they do they go to one though and they think they can make broad reaching policies across the country based upon snapshots uh, they won't uh, they'll say well it takes too long to do that the the computer t- will tell me everything I need to know no the computer will not tell you everything you need to know your uh, model is not going to be uh, is not going to achieve what you think it will so that's my rant for today i'm gonna cut it short but uh i've enjoyed uh discussing this again um i think we can uh, i think it's fair to say we all know what uh, goes on uh with in a host of this i'm gonna close out again with the john adams theme 
because I think it's a good theme. Um, I hope you have a good Saturday afternoon. God bless America. I'll say that right now. And you take care of yourselves out there and don't, uh, um, don't get down. Try to find something positive, way to make your life better. And, uh, don't be a liberal or don't be a leftist. Liberals, liberals get a bad name, but they, they, they probably aren't nearly as uh, responsible as the ones that have now gone to the far left. So take care of yourself and have a good afternoon.